Psychological Weirdness. Hi, I'm Shell Shearer, author of Urban Fantasy and Cozy Mysteries. Welcome to Indie Book Talk. Join us as we explore the expanding universe of indie books. Today we have Martin Wilsey with us. Um, his most recent book, Shadows of the Sentinel, is out now. Uh, Martin, can you tell us a little bit about your new book? Okay, my latest uh, novel, Shadows of the Sentinel, is about a salvage operation team in outer space. And uh, it starts out with a little bit of uh, uh, action-adventure. It is about a guy. All he wants to do is have a quiet life and good coffee and bacon and great steaks. Who does? But the universe has uh, other thoughts for him. All right, excellent. And you have put this out as an audiobook as well as a regular print book. Correct. I love audiobooks. All of my novels are in audiobooks. Um, in fact, most of my short stories are available in audio too. Um, I, I love working with uh, producers and narrators. In fact, this most recent audiobook, I have changed it up. I actually hired a duet of narrators. So I have a man and a woman as part of the narration for Shadows of the Sentinel. And that turned out so fabulous. I'll probably do that from now on. I really love it. It's uh, a lot more like radio theater than just somebody reading the novel to you. It came out so good. I'm really, really happy with it. So do you have dual narrators in the in the text? Do you have a female voice and a male voice? Or are you letting them kind of switch off um, different parts of the story? Right. The way that uh, we work Shadows of the Sentinel the male voice actually was the narrator, but uh, the female voice actually did all the female parts within the story. So there was a unified narrator throughout it, and then, um, but female uh, contributors, because I have a lot of female characters in my story, and it worked out really great. In the past, I've had single narrators. I've had both male and female narrators. And in this particular story, it just worked out really, really excellent to have a little bit of both. So that kind of brings up two questions for me. Have you seen any kind of sales or review difference depending on male or female narrating the books with it being science fiction? A difference? Not really. I've, I've had uh, no novels done strictly by males and then other ones done strictly by females. And uh, I haven't sensed the differentiation between it. The novel Virtues of the Vicious, the main character was female in that novel. And uh, it had a lot of other female characters, in fact, main characters that were female as well. So it just worked out better to have female uh, narrator for that story. But my first novel, Still Falling, the main character is male, and even back when I didn't have any idea what the hell I was doing, I lucked into getting a really good producer and a really good narrator for those stories, too. And he did both voices. But when you're, um, I guess, looking for the right narrator for your book, and you can talk a little bit, hopefully soon, about um, how you find the right narrator, do you go for a certain voice cadence or sound? I mean, think of it, you don't want a romance book read by, you know, a very gruff-sounding man kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> movie poster, you know. So, do you think of that in terms of when you're, you know, trying to scout out for the right narration voice? Yes, very much so. 
And in fact, in the process of doing it, um, you create an audition, a section of your book. I, I usually pick a section of the book that has um, both male and female narration in it, um, emotional context, good dis- description and things. And you put up an audition and they do a 15 minute audition. And for my most recent novel, I had under uh, I had over a hundred submissions for uh, auditions, and you get a hundred. Yeah, over a hundred. Wow. You get to compare them side by side, and um, very easily uh, bubble the ones to the top that are really excellent. And it is it's amazing to to produce a an audiobook. I love doing it. Because you get to review every chapter and work with feedback. And for this last one, I worked with the narrators live. They had me teleconferenced in with them so that they could ask me questions without having to record something wrong and then me tell them, oh, you pronounce this name wrong or this place. Or this person said that, not this person. Mm. Being there live when you're doing it is just really... Um, much better outcomes, and it's fun. I mean, it's ridiculous fun. Um, at the especially at the point where I have read the novel so many times, I am just sick of it. But when they when they're doing the narration of it, it just comes back alive again, and you just fall in love with the book all over again. It's really excellent. So, do you also give feedback on the tone of what they're saying? I mean- just reading it sometimes, you may not get the feel for what the person was trying to go with, but do you tell them what kind of tone you're looking for? Absolutely. You can give them all. They, in fact, love feedback directly from the authors uh, because then they can get the tone exactly as intended. Because sometimes it's hard to read the tone on the on the page. You have to be very clear because sometimes it doesn't convey exactly appropriately. And they might wonder what what the correct you know pronunciation of something was or inflection or you know was this too much you know because they're really acting right. and uh, it's really great to be able to give them feedback like that so roughly how many audiobooks would you say you have out right now nine nine okay yeah. that's not roughly that's a that's exactly <laughs> exact <how>. number <laughs> Okay. So in your exactly nine audiobooks, have you ever had a narrator bring something to the table that was even better than you expected? Yes. And in fact, for uh, Virtues of the Vicious, the narrator I used in that, Avon Shore, she was just so good. I brought her back for Shadows of the Sentinel. She is the female lead in uh, Shadows of the Sentinel. And she's actually done other uh, books for me as well, short stories. I actually, you know, do audio editions of my short stories and give them away for free on my website. And uh, she's done a couple of short stories for me as well. And what's her name again? So we can make sure we tell everyone so they'll all use her. (laughs) Avon Shore. A-V-E-N. A-V-E-N, okay. Her rate is now going to go up, Martin. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am glad to help her rate go up because... She's worth it. (laughs) That's a fabulous little segue into my next question, which is how much-ish does it cost to do this? I mean, is this just outside the realm for most indie authors or is this a reasonable thing? Actually, 
it can be very reasonable. The way I did it, for instance, my very first novel, I didn't pay anything out of pocket. I did a contract with the producer that was a royalty share. And uh, so I didn't have to pay anything out of pocket. I didn't have to pay for any of the production hours, studio time, post-production editing, any of that. I didn't have to pay for any of it. Now, it turns out, you know, it was great. Uh, the producer was really good. He actually read my novel and loved it. He uh, said, hey, look, this has got legs. I'm willing to invest this money in it because I know I'm going to make the money back easy. And uh, if I'd have paid him straight up, you know, upfront costs altogether, I would have made a lot more money. But, you know, with your first novel, you have no <laughs> idea if it's going to fly at all. But I can't believe how successful it had turned out to be. And um, then you can pay per finished hour all the costs. And that can vary from uh, $50 to thousands of dollars Ouch. per finished hour, depending on who you hire to do the so job. So how many finished hours does the average novel take? Well, mine vary from about 12 hours. They average about 10. The most recent one, I think, was eight hours for it. So if, you know, you're, if you're paying $200 per finished hour, it's 1600 bucks to have it produced as audio. But the thing is, is there is a ton of narrators out there who are very hungry and they want to get stuff in their um, resume and things like that and will will work for a lot cheaper. Now, granted, you do get what you pay for right. often. It's uh, because, you know, you could get, you know, Will Wheaton if you wanted to pay the money. Because <laughs> oh, really? he did Ready Player One. Ready Player Two is coming out soon, which I will be first in line to buy that audiobook because I love the first one. But I love audiobooks. As an author, I, you know, can't believe how much money I make because of audiobooks. And it's easy. You already did all the work. You just have to, you know, help them produce the book. And that's fun. I gotta say it's fun. So how does the sales compare to the print books? Do you feel it's much higher? It's a lot higher than print books. It is not as good as Kindle because I sell a metric ton of Kindle. You know, hard science fiction is like a huge, huge Kindle uh, market. But number two in my uh, uh, revenue stream is audiobooks. And behind that comes paperbacks and then hardcovers too. Are you Amazon only? Yes. Okay. So you've gone, you've gone niche, not wide. Correct. I did try that. That's a whole different conversation. <laughs> yes. And that will be another episode for those interested. We're going to talk about going wide versus not going wide. I tried it and uh, I don't do that anymore. Are you seeing any issues? I've heard a lot of authors kind of grumbling about this tendency for Amazon to invite readers to return books after they've listened to them. Yeah, I have uh, not seen a lot of that. I have heard that that's very problematic for some. The returns are an interesting development, but you know, contractually, we are kind of at their mercy for, for that kind of thing. How do you record um, a book after you've listened to it? Well, I'll unlisten to it. I don't understand. What? <laughs> you know, I don't even like talking about it. It gives people ideas. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is not a lending library. You want to hear this book again. It's so good. Why would you ever give it back? I don't understand now, that. Now, there's there's two different things that happen. 
There's a difference between returning a book and a difference between you can loan a book once you uh, once you buy it. You can loan mm-hmm. it to people. Um, that's a completely different thing. I, I get the money. It's, but listening to it and then just returning it and buying another book, there is some people are out there that are big enough jerks that they just do that all the time, that's which ridiculous. is not cool. Right? But there's always going to be something that people find a way to do. So, okay. <laughs> Right now, our, our listeners would never do that. They're right. wonderful and they love books and they would never do that to us. Yeah. And I have not seen that. You know, I've had a couple returns, but um, statistically speaking, it, it's nominal or nil for me. You, you said you do science fiction. Uh, science fiction, hard science fiction, mostly. I've done a little bit of fantasy, swords and sorcery kind of stuff. But it's mostly hard science fiction. Do you think that that's a particularly good niche for, you know, succeeding on Amazon? There's a lot of theories I have associated <laughs> with why I have gotten uh, so successful, why I have actually managed to quit my day job and stuff and do this full time, which is awesome. I read a very interesting article that the genre that I'm writing in, which is science fiction for grownups. It's not YA, adult science fiction. Mm -hmm. It is number two most popular genre for people that have one click set up on their Kindles. Oh, that is an interesting little piece of information. It's really interesting. I never thought about that because grownups are the ones with the credit cards. (laughs) <laughs> and if guy, oh, I just finished reading this book on a train. What else am I going to read? And they say, oh, I love the book, The Martian. And this book is being recommended to me that was written by Marty Wilsey. Let me try that because it's on sale. Oh, I love that book. And then they buy the entire catalog. That's which is a very interesting phenomenon. Because then all they have to do is click the button. Yeah, I do exactly. that too. I'll I'll end up suddenly realizing in my Audible library I've got ten books in a series by the same author. I love that, and a lot of people do love that, and uh, I get a lot of really good positive feedback from folks based on that. Great. I did that with Erica Rue's uh, series on. Um, she had like a three book series that was that it was YA, but it was science fiction. And I was so mad because at the end of the second book, I was on the airplane and I couldn't download the next one. Yeah. So it's interesting. The number one genre is romance for adults with one click. So uh, this does not surprise. I was going to say, that's about what I figured it would be. Yeah. It's good to market to grownups, I guess. And I just walked into that. I write the kind of stories that I like to read myself which is really important. So I just lucked into that. Totally, totally lucked into Do you do it. anything differently to promote your audiobooks? It's really interesting how the people that buy audiobooks um, often is a completely different crowd than the people that buy paper books. Mm-hmm. And then the people that buy hardcovers are a completely different crowd from the people that buy paperbacks or buy Kindle books. So each of those, I'm trying to figure out how best to market to each of those. You know, I do the standard social media roundup of marketing. Mm -hmm. I do, um, you know, I post on my blog. I post on Facebook. I post on Twitter. You know, I have my website and um, try to get the word out uh, as best I can uh, because people love audio. And if you have a good relationship with your narrators, the difference with, 
audio is that certain narrators have their own fan base. Now that's an interesting tip too. So, so the extra thing that you um, need to keep in mind is have a good relationship with your narrators and they will help market your book to their fans as well. So um, that's basically the difference that um, audiobooks have for me because um, you know, marketing is the weak spot for me. Marketing is always hard for me. I don't have, I'm, I'm like blind man's bluff when it comes to marketing. <laughs> and I have found that the best marketing is write a story that doesn't suck, you know, hey, that's, and that's then do it again is. often. It's the, it's the best marketing that there, there can be. So. Very cool. Um, um, so just a, a last minute one. Um, with audiobooks, do you ever add any extra features when you do those, like uh, an interview with the author? I think a couple of people have soundtracks of songs that inspired their writing. Do you ever add any? I have, not, I have not done that. Um, I have seen other people have done that, but I have not uh, dip, dipped my toe into that area. The closest thing that would be uh, associated with that is uh, the short stories that I record and provide for free, which are often say background stories on secondary characters in the stories I write. So they're like the special features of my, my novels. Okay. You can go and say, oh, uh, Valerie Hume, she was that cool character in uh, uh, The Broken Cage. She's got a short story about that out here for free. So I'm going to listen to that. So it's, you know, I do a lot of origin stories. There's, it's kind of like special features for it. So, but I don't actually add them at the ends of the audiobooks. Maybe I should. That's uh, that's something to consider. All right. My last question is this. If you had 30 seconds to give somebody your best tip for audiobooks, what would you tell them? When you put your book up for audition, don't do a contract with the first person at auditions. Let a whole bunch of them come in that you can compare to. Um, I, I have seen a lot of authors that will uh, get so excited, they'll hear an audition and it'll be so good. And then they'll get another audition when they've already signed the contract with somebody too soon. So be patient. Put your book up for auditions and let it, let it simmer for a month. And don't jump on it too hard till you get exactly the person for the job that you want because there's a lot of people out there that'll do a great job and you'll get buried in auditions in your first day um, but be patient let them go let them uh simmer uh, because they'll still be there in in another month but uh that's my biggest tip is be patient get a lot of auditions because if you the more you have to choose from the better they are that's a great tip very cool. Well, thank you for joining us today, Martin. Would you like to share your website and uh, your new book again? Uh, my new book is Shadows of the Sentinel. My website is martinwilsey.com. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me.